Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Thursday, April 25. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky Oliveira. And I'm Chief at the Oliveira, and it is a brand new day. I am still excited about the brand new day, so let me pray for that. Uh, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the blessing of today and all that it's encapsulated. And I ask for a blessing on this passage as well. Be with us. Uh, give us your wisdom and your grace as we try to uh, discover more about it and the application for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am reading today from the New International Version, the NIV, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 21, subheading, Peter addresses the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, I, I, I missed the, you know, dramatic. The dramatic what? The, the, the voice where, you know, where you do the parts. I thought that was fairly dramatic. <laughs> that was good. That was good. It's great. All right. I'm not in that kind of a mood today. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Here we go. I'm in a medium level of drama mood. Me, uh, medium level of drama mood. It's kind of like a five. Mood. A five. On a scale from one to ten. Like if we go to a restaurant, I should say, I should say, what kind of mood are you in? It's a five, medium level Why would drama. you say that to somebody at a restaurant? <laughs> what, what would that have you to do with like anything? You like spice levels? Oh, spice levels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like drama, like yeah. you don't want that at I a restaurant. Call you. <laughs> All right. Here's a question for today. And I just want to remind you, I remind everybody just, you know, to read The Daily Walk by Pastor Tim Gillespie. It's really good and really great. And I encourage you to do so. And to all the other reflections as well uh, for all the different ages, really good applications. So here's the question for today. What statements have you made that turned out to be erroneous? How did it make you feel to know that you were wrong? Did you stop making statements about what you dreamed or thought might be true? Mm. <laughs> um, well, I've made the earth is many, many, many statements <laughs> that have turned out to be erroneous. Oh, and you you understand that you're wrong because most people who believe the earth is flat will never admit that they're wrong about that. No, but they eventually, Interestingly. maybe eventually they will get that. In fact, actually, somebody told me uh, just recently that they believe the earth is flat. Wow. You met a flat earther. I met a flat earther. That's I was kind of, cool. I was kind of inspired like, by it. Is that one of those things on a bucket list? Like you can. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I met a real flat earther. I was that's like, pretty I was interesting. Like, huh? That's cool. That's cool. It's great. It's great. Yeah, um, I've made. I've. I don't know that I can list. Okay, I can think of one thing. Doesn't matter. I, I've said many, many things that I think have turned out to be false right. or thought things that are false. It's just, it's hard to think of examples. But when I was probably in my early twenties, I used to say to my dad, you should never throw away a book. 
My dad would laugh. He'd laugh about this. He thought that was the biggest bit of nonsense uh-huh. ever. And the thing uh-huh. is, he's right. There are a lot of extremely useless books in the world. You can yeah. totally throw away books. Yeah. It, Don't tell the authors, but yeah. Well, I mean, you can totally throw away books. I was wrong about that. And how did it make me feel? Finding out that I'm wrong about things doesn't really bother me. It's actually kind of exhilarating because it means that I found out something different that replaces it. So finding out that's good. a truth that replaces something that I used to think, I haven't found that that really bugs oh, me particularly. I don't know. I, I, I am a little bit different to you then. I have found it hard uh, when I found something that I believed or said or taught was truth and then I found out like I was wrong and, and that's humiliating and, and that's difficult. And oh, I like, know it shouldn't be. I should be like, oh, I'm, I've learned something it's great. Nice. Well, and now I'm you good. know. No, I found. I, to be honest, but like, what's an example? I don't know. Can um, you think of one? And I think no, I, I can't think of one. I'm right off the top of my head. I, but you seem to feel it so acutely that it seems like you must have an actual memory. Yeah, or <laughs> no. every day. Um, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you're a pastor, just, so people tell you that you're wrong about things all the time. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are. Well, I was going to say... So that, there's a difference between being told that you're wrong all the time and actually realizing that you are. I was going to say that there's a difference between being wrong out of uh, maybe ignorance and being wrong out of, you know, arrogance. What is that difference? Well, ignorance, like, you know, you had you no idea. You just didn't know any better. You didn't know any better. Mm. You, you're growing arrogance you know better and you just have an attitude about it and you still you know continue down that path and that's actually kind of tragic Mm. and i think that there are people who are obstinate about their opinion oh yeah there are well there are people who the more evidence that that you would would give them about something the more they would dig their heels in and use that as evidence for the opposite of whatever it is there are things that i know you know like there are things that i when i'm writing certain messages and stuff and I and, and I hit like a certain theological block and, and I realize I don't have the answer about this particular thing or I don't understand this particular area and it, I study it at length and and if I don't know the answer in a way that I feel definitively settled on in some kind of shape or form that I feel comfortable uh, I will I will not talk about it and that mm-hmm. is a that's a heavy heavy area inside there but yeah well, it's interesting because I think most of us, it's human nature to have the the way of approaching, I don't know, truth or thoughts or anything. Right. Um, that once you have made a decision about something or you've kind yeah. of tied yourself to a belief system, you kind of stick with that. Like you're vested in that thing being true. So it gets harder and harder for people. Is it confirmation bias? Yeah, that- I think I know what you mean. Yes. You know, like if you've bought a certain type of car, then it becomes very important to you that this is a good car. Well, it's Um, true. It's the best kind of car to have. Everybody should, you know, that whatever your decisions are, you you find reasons to justify (sighs) what you think or what you've chosen or what you've done. Yeah. So it gets to be pretty difficult to know, I don't know, objectively. It doesn't matter. I mean, I guess in a sense, if you feel good about your car, then... Yippee for you. I think with some things it could be destructive, though, if you, you know, like this suggests that you might stop making statements about things because you're afraid of being wrong. I think that's what the third part of the question is asking. And I I wondered about this. I mean, and it's very good how how Tim pulled this out. And I think that looking at the context of this passage, you know, obviously that they they say, hey, you know, 
are you drunk? Uh, you know, do you have some, there are some issues, there's some statements that people are making here that they're questioning and he's now going to explain, no, actually this is what we're doing and, and here is the way forward and he's trying to, to push a new vision forward for the entire church and the entire community and I think that there is so much uh, strength in actually trying to articulate um, a healthy vision for people that it's actually difficult sometimes to hear an, an entirely opposite view. So when I look at this text, I think that they are there are two ways that people react to something that's new. They either say they either say, "Hey, I have a question about this," which is what happened just before, or they say, um, "No, actually, I want to oppose this entirely," and they must be drunk, mm. right? And so that's the kind of the reaction. It's like I object to this. And I wonder whether that's what we do with some of our own statements internally. Um, well, there's a personality trait. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's called low tolerance for ambiguity. So it's related quite a bit. People who have no. a low tolerance for ambiguity don't tend to like anything new. They tend to react mm. badly to anything that's different from what the established order is. People with a high tolerance for ambiguity aren't bothered by things like that. And it's not necessarily that one is better than the other, sure. but they have a people are going to react differently to things depending on their like tolerance that. for I like ambiguity. That. That, actually, that actually is really good. Yeah, so people who really like to have black and white answers to things, they feel very upset if they yeah. can't get a definitive answer, would have a low tolerance for ambiguity. Other people are like, yeah, you know, they're pretty okay with not knowing definitively the answer to virtually anything. I think I'm a pretty high tolerance for ambiguity person. I think you probably are too. I th- yeah. Um, but, you know, not hmm. everybody is. I like that. That's actually pretty good. I've, ne- mm-hmm. I've never heard that before. That's good. Well, I mean, given the amount of that you like change, I would say you must have a pretty high tolerance for ambiguity. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, there's look. there's a test. You can be tested on this. Oh, yeah? Hey, there's a test for everything. Oh, there is, I may imagine. All right. Well, let me repeat the question one more time, and we will wrap it up for this, uh, for this morning. What statements have you made that turned out to be erroneous? Uh, how did it make you feel to know that you were wrong? Uh, Did you stop making statements about what you dreamed or thought might be true? Think about that. Talk with your loved ones about that, your friends about that. Look after each other, live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you, and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other, and live love.